0: So this weekend is observed as Thanksgiving weekend in Canada, so while the American Thanksgiving is on the fourth Thursday of the month of November, every year they, s- they observe on the fourth Thursday of November. But Canadian Thanksgiving is aligned with the harvest festival of the United Kingdom. So in the United Kingdom, you know, they observe their harvest festival from late September to early October. So if anybody asks, that's the reason you know, we have our Thanksgiving a little earlier than the Americans have their Thanksgiving probably the rest of the world. So in the Old Testament, thanksgiving is considered as an offering to the Lord. Can you say offering? In Leviticus, in the book of Leviticus chapter seven, from verses 11 to 15, we'll not go there, chapter seven, verses 11 through 15, Bible talks about how do we give thanksgiving offering to the Lord? It talks about how do we prepare a thick loaf of unleavened bread and apply an anointed bread with oil olive oil and give that as an offering to the Lord and so that is considered as Thanksgiving offering in the New Testament we come across when Jesus was ministering as we were hearing this morning as praying this morning Jesus at some point of time in his ministry he healed ten lepers and how many came back how many one one leper came back to give thanks to god and jesus asked him i healed ten of you where are those nine and only the samaritan came to give me thanks so that tells me god expects us to give thanks to him you know the way you expect the way i expect god expects something we don't we don't expect you know i, I came to a point in my life where i don't expect anything more now so, but then, you know, Jesus still expects there is nothing wrong in expecting somebody be t- t- to be thankful for what you have done in their lives. So Jesus expects, expected the thanksgiving from somebody, but then you know, eventually he, he didn't show up there. You know, today we see that in, in, the, in this world. Even at times, even among ourselves, we see the attitude. We come for blessing to God, and once, receive, once we receive the blessing from God, we slowly kind of walk away silently we just back off I mean that's the nature of human when we need blessing we come to God Jesus identified that rightly and he asked the right question I healed ten people where are those ten cleansed Coming later in the epistles, you know, Paul writes many times about thanksgiving. Let's read one scripture Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. If you can read with me, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks, can you read with me? Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this word, this scripture is very much loaded. Can you read that with me again? Giving thanks always for all things, you know, there are two things You know that are emphasized here, always and for all things. Don't miss even a simple thing in your life. You know, sometimes we feel that, why should I thank God for this? God expects that thanksgiving. I'm not really talking about just saying thanks, thanks, thanks to God. I'm not really talking about, I'm talking about something just happens within you. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. So thanks goes to whom? the father in the name of our lord jesus christ so as we pray god expects us to give thanks to the father the same way through our lord jesus christ and paul talks about it in many different places that we need to be thankful to god we need to thank give thanks to god so i've been thinking about last week that was my struggle i've been thinking about how can we live a life. Of Thanksgiving can you say life of Thanksgiving how can we live a life of Thanksgiving most of the time our Thanksgiving is just our lips you know I would say today the world or the word thanks is the lubricant that makes the world mission run in peace everywhere wherever you go we need to say thanks Especially when you come to this nation, that's what you learn every time, and it's a good thing, good practice. But you know, it becomes so, we are so accustomed to it, that it becomes just, it's coming from our lips. Every time when you say thanks, we don't even turn back to see their face, we just say thanks, right? Thank you so much, you know, thank you. So we just keep moving, right? The world is just, just, just running in that way. So we are so getting used to the term "thanks." My my my, my 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 difficulty there is, Lord, how do we live thanks? How do we live thanks? That made me to really think about a new term that makes more sense than thanksgiving. I call it as thanks living. Can you say thanks living? So this morning I would like to title my sermon as thanks living. Can you say with me thanks living once again? So, thanks living is how to live a life of thanks of this ungrateful world. How to live a life of thanks in this ungrateful world. The world is not grateful at all. We are called to live a life of thanks our gratitude to God who is always grateful. Who is always grateful who is always loving and caring, and he is always helping to us, who is always grateful, and how can we live a life of thanksgiving towards the people who are mostly ungrateful? You know, you see a huge difference between God and human today. God is a God who is always grateful. God, Bible says, God keeps record of everything that you do. Bible says God keeps record of every toil. Every time it simply means, you know, even if you drive your car to pick up somebody to church, God makes a note of it. God keeps all the volunteer hours that we do in his kingdom, he keeps them in his account. He is grateful, God. But at times, how do we live a life of thanksgiving with people who are ungrateful to us in many ways? Thanksgiving is easy, but thanks living is hard. Thanksgiving is easy, but thanks living is hard. But it is possible. It is possible that we can thanks live. We can live a life of thanksgiving. So this is something that everyone has to live. A life of thanks living. Just want to talk about that a little bit. So a couple of things, the three things that we are going to talk about. Number one, thanks living is possible when you realize that you don't deserve. Can you read with me? Thanksgiving is possible when you realize that you don't deserve deserve Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 reading from NIV Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 can you read with me for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of God thank you verse 9 says not by words so that no one can boast so the scripture says you have been saved by faith but it is not of yourselves it is nothing to do with what you have done. And it it's something that you don't deserve. It's really not from yourselves. It is what? It is the gift. Are you with me? It is the, what is it? It is the gift of God. Are you with me this morning? So can you read that again? For it is, for it is, read with me out loud. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from from yourselves it is a gift of god it is a gift of god not by works so that no one can boast you know we don't deserve but god gives us you know many times when we live on the face of this earth many of those blessings are given to us even though we don't deserve even though we don't deserve a blogger by name kevin thompson he's from alabama and he was called to play golf in Philadelphia just before, or during the week before his first wedding anniversary. He just got wedding done, and then, you know, just they were just kind of living together one year, and now he suddenly got a call from Philadelphia, from a club, saying that you need to come next week to play golf with us, for us. And he was not sure whether he'll be able to go because, you know, it's the first wedding anniversary and he doesn't want to go away from that week, during that week. And he asked his wife Jenny and he asked her and even before he asked, she realized and she said, you must go, you must go and play. And Kevin Thompson, he went, he took a flight and he went there. And he played for a couple of days. He played golf and he wanted to come back now. So he, 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 he played in Philadelphia. And uh, so he went to Newark. And from there he had to go to Atlanta and then to Alabama. So that is his plan. So he boarded the flight from Philadelphia to Newark. And then when he landed in Newark, he realized that the flights are canceled to Atlanta. Because of uh, thick fog. Heavy fog conditions. The flight couldn't take off. And then flight from Newark to um, uh, Atlanta was canceled. And he was not really sure because he wanted to reach. That was the day of his wedding anniversary. So uh, Kevin Thompson wanted to reach home on that day. And he went to the flight um, uh, attendant. Sorry, the, the agent. And he asked, I want to go today. And they said, all the flights in the morning are canceled. We have flights only in the afternoon. And probably you may get at the last flight on the day to go to? Atlanta and he was not happy he's going to miss that beautiful day that he wanted to spend with his wife and you know what this is what he did he said just put me as a standby in the first flight." and the agent showed see such a long queue that's a standby queue you may have three or four seats in that flight but you know this is a queue that is standing there and you know what he did he went and stood at the last in that queue Suddenly, the agent received an intercom message, and she announced, saying that, would that standby passenger, Thompson, please report to the gate? And with all the joy coming out of it, he just ran to the gate, and he jumped out of the lineup, and then he went to the gate. And there was no ticket verification, no driving license verification. He was asked to board the flight, given the boarding pass in his hand. He went into the flight, And the door was opened, and he was asked to sit at the first seat in the first class. He sat down there. He was a student, and he never traveled in the first class. Never in his life. And he sat there, flight took off. The businessman who was sitting next to him, a frequent flyer, and he turned to Thompson and he asked, you, really, you barely made this flight. It's amazing Have you made this flight. And he said, can you check your ticket? And he checked the ticket. And he looked at the name, and his name was Kevin Thompson, but the ticket says Keith Thompson. And he was not sure what is happening with Keith there down in the ground. He was the one he was supposed to go, but the moment he heard Thompson, Kevin Thompson jumped from the queue and he grabbed that opportunity and it was the best flight for him. And he could reach on time to celebrate his wedding anniversary. And he says, I didn't even deserve to be on the plane, but I was in the first class. How many of us are in the first class today that you don't deserve, that I don't deserve? The moment you have a heart and that tells you that you don't deserve what you are having today, you will be able to live a life of thanksgiving. Today, God wants us to know, none of us that we hold today in our hands, we don't deserve. We don't deserve that at all. I want you to think back and look back and turn back and see how we came to this nation and how God has blessed us. Are you faithful to your God? Are you fervent enough following God the same way when you are following, when you are working with the work permit, when we were a student, the same way you are following? Are you fervently following God? What harm God has done in your life that you need to go back from God God has blessed you in many ways. We need to have a feeling that none of us deserve anything that we hold today. So thanks living is walking in humility. Thanksgiving, thanks living is feeling undeserved. Thanks living is being thankful to God in every possible way in everything. It is far better than just living. It is far better than just living a life. living a living life is much better, a life of gratitude, as a life of gratefulness. How do we work? How hard we work? if we see or if we realize the job that we hold, we don't do so for it. You know, today, at times we take it for granted how hard we will work today without any complaint if you realize the job that you are in today that you don't deserve now it has become a burden for many of us job has become a burden some point of time we were just behind it but now today job has become a burden what got changed in our lives how do we treat your spouse if you realize that she or he is an undeserved gift god has given you How do we treat your spouse in that situation? How do we believe or how do we behave with others if we see them that they are undeserved gift in our lives? You know, this was breaking my heart as I was preparing this sermon. How do I treat others if I realize, if I feel they are just undeserved gift in my life? So thanks living is possible when we realize what we possess that we don't deserve. Number two, thanks living is possible when we live in contentment. Can you say contentment? Living a life of thanksgiving is by being content with what God has given to us. Living in contentment, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to become rich. That doesn't mean that. Living in contentment doesn't mean that we should become better and greater and wealthier. No, that doesn't mean that. This is what it means, living in contentment means that we shouldn't be greedy after money. We shouldn't be greedy after money. We shouldn't leave Sunday morning service and go after money. I'm clear on this, you know, you may not like me, but don't take shift on Sunday morning. Tell your employer, face to face, tell your employer that I can't work. There are exceptions, I understand. Tell them very clearly. Most of the employers, they understand when you tell. Problem with our people is they don't open their mouth they don't open their mouth where they are supposed to open their mouth but then open their mouth everywhere else you need to tell them very clearly Sunday morning I need to go to church most 80 percent of the employer they will agree they will honor what you ask it belongs to God don't touch that it will touch you back don't touch Sunday morning service it will touch you back and you can't handle it you can't handle it give to God what belongs to God so living in contentment, that simply means we shouldn't try to become, we shouldn't try to you know, uh, go after money. We shouldn't try to go after money or other possessions. Living in contentment, that means, simply means we don't complain either. We don't even murmur what is not given to us. Two things, you want to put that clearly. Living in contentment simply means we shouldn't be greedy after money, and we shouldn't complain and murmur on what we don't have. Did you get that? We shouldn't go after money. And the second thing is, we shouldn't complain on what we don't have. That's what it means, living in contentment. First Timothy, shall we just go to these beautiful scriptures? First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. Can you come along with me reading these beautiful scriptures together? I pray that God may speak to us as we read, this sermon, read these scriptures. First Timothy chapter 6, 6 through 11. Now godliness, can you read it along with me? Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry, we can carry nothing out. Verse 8, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be contented. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men into destruction and perdition. Perdition simply means eternal punishment. If we go after money, If you deviate from the ways of God and give importance to earnings, give importance to make sure you want to earn more, maybe you have to pay the fee, or maybe you have to send it to your country, whatever it may be, but if you do it at the cost of your devotion to God, your sacrifice to God, Bible clearly says, they get into many, many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men into destruction and perdition. Not my word, but the word of God. Verse 10 says, can you read it with me? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness. This is something that's powerful. That is something that, is, that takes us away from God without knowing, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Verse 11, but you, O man of God, I believe God is talking to each one of us. You, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. You know, God is calling us and he's telling us very clearly that we need to be content with what we have. A wealthy businessman who really horrified looking at this as a fisherman who is sitting at the shore. And playing with his little child. And he asked him, why are you not fishing? Why are you sitting at the side of the shore and playing with your child? And the businessman and, and, and then the fisherman said, because I caught enough fish that's enough for the day. And the businessman said, are you a fool? Why can't you go into the ocean and get more fish? If you get more fish, you can sell And you know what, now we have one boat, you can buy one more boat. And you can take two two boats, it's a better boat. You can take that boat and then go deep fishing, and you'll get more fish. You can come and you can buy maybe a nylon net instead of the net, what you're holding right now. And you can catch more fish, and you get more money, buy more boat, and buy a fleet of boats. And one day, you'll become a businessman, a rich man like me. And the fisherman asked, what is this for? Then what should I do after that? And he said, you can enjoy your life. And he said, looking at the child, what do you think I am doing now? I am enjoying my life already. Contentment. Now if we are content with what we have, we can enjoy the life that God has given us. Try to live with what is available for you. Keep the rest of the time to do something for God, to spend time with your family. They're not going to be with you forever. They're not going to be with you forever. Children are not going to be around forever. When they are there with you, spend your time. Spend your time we need to know how to live with contentment so living a thankful life means living in contentment thanks living simply means living in contentment enjoying the life that God has given us you know God wants us to enjoy the life there is no doubt about it there is no other another theology that says you know don't enjoy your life God wants all of us to enjoy our lives God wants all of us to enjoy our lives living a thankful life is very very important Thirdly, finally thanks living is possible you see good around you can you say good around you can you say good around me thanks living is possible when we see good around us it doesn't really take much time to find something negative in this world I want to talk to you just in a few minutes few more minutes and then we'll close but there are grateful people they are always they look for good it doesn't take me to find a fault in you, just I can just find it right away. But grateful people, they look something much as, which is much better. If we see the good around us, and if we see the good in people, we will start complaining, and we will start having a thanks-living life. Can you all say good? Loud, louder little good. There are two kinds of people on the face of this earth. There are two kinds of people. They always, there are one group always thinks negative, another group always thinks positive. Let will give you some examples. I mean, it's all, it's all we know these examples. I have a half filled glass. Someone who thinks positive, he'll say that the glass is half filled. Someone who thinks always negative, what he'll say? The glass is half empty. You see the difference? Somebody who thinks positive, they say that the glasses are filled. We just need to pour a little more water, it'll be full. If you show a white paper with a little dot, a little black dot. Personally positive, who thinks positive, they'll say that, okay, I see a yeah, pure paper, white background. I see purity. But somebody who's with a negative, they will always look for what? Is there any problem? Is there any dot? Have you come across this, such people? Don't you see that you yourself doing it at times? Right? So so, so we see that spot is there. There is something wrong in there. There is something wrong. I mean, I do that many times. A city person always complains about the crowd. But the village person always complains about loneliness. And always there is something to complain. Always there is something to think about. Our neighbor's lawn always looks much greener than our lawn. For some reason, I don't understand even till... When I come out, I look at my lawn, oh, it's all kind of brown and patches and all those things, but I just turn this side and look at her lawn. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. We are always attracted towards what others have. It doesn't matter what we have. We don't have time to even enjoy what we have. We always look at what others have. So we are really not encouraged. We We don't really do it to compare ourselves of yesterday and today, compare our lives of last year and this year and see how much we are blessed and see how much we have grown and see how much we are are blessed by others, blessed by God, but instead we compare today's neighbors, today's others with our own life and we feel so sad about it. God wants us to see the good around us thanks living is possible when we see good around us we don't really deny that there is bad in this world but same time we can't deny that there are good there are many things that are good in this world you know we need to ask I need to ask God you I need an eye to see good in people I need to see good in the lives around us in my circumstances you know many times Unless we are pushed into the edge of life, we don't really see the goodness of life. We don't really see the goodness that we can see today around us. Unless we need to be pushed. Why we need to be pushed to the edge of life? The kindness of a nurse is really understood as a gift from God only by a cancer patient who is going through multiple chemos in his life, in her life. The kindness of a nurse is understood at that moment. Until then we complain, until then we murmur, until then we are not, not, not happy about the service that is offered. Why we need to be pushed to the edge of the life to really realize the goodness that we see around us today. The same way the presence of people who are, who are dear to us, the presence of people who are supporting us, who are helping us, it's not really considered as a gift from God unless they vanish, unless they are taken out of our lives a grief stricken man who lost his wife recently he started feeling so grateful having so much of gratitude for the memories of her smile and her kindness but today she is not there you know god wants us to see the good around in people and in circumstances you know john maxwell always says he always says this we need to be grateful for our moms we need to be thankful for our moms for giving us free accommodation for 10 months. We need to be grateful. I mean, when I think about it, that's really true. We need to be thankful to our mom for giving us, who will give 10 months of free accommodation on the face of this earth. We need to be thankful. First Thessalonians chapter five verse 18. Shall we read this and we are just going to close first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 in everything can you read with me in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you when Paul is writing this I believe this is what he's saying live a life of thanks living verse 18 again from NIV give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus for this to happen we must see the good around us we must see the good around us I was just reading about this. I was reading about the the drug-sniffing dogs. The drug-sniffing dogs, you know, they are considerable, very important dogs. They are trained in a special way to identify special drugs when they are hidden. You know how they train? They give a smell. They ask, make the dog to smell these drugs initially and these dogs are trained multiple times you know many weeks and months and they will go around even in difficult situation in even the places that are hidden they will go around find, and look for these smells these particular smells on which they were trained and they look for that if some of these drugs the dogs if they are not really trained well they even train them in a better way you know sometimes these dogs need to be trained on specific drugs they are very rare they even you know make the smell of that drug to rub in their nose. So the dog really knows wherever the dog goes, it will smell that smell of the drug for some time. And you to look for that drug. And what the writer is saying is here is, you need to take some of goodness, some of good and rub in your face, rub in your nose, that goodness, so that wherever you go, you look for good in people. You look for good in circumstances. You know what a better way that we can live than the what we are doing right now, than the way we are doing living right now. You know, God wants us to live in a better way. That's what is the expectation of God. A thanks living life is a life that, that lives with with, 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 with satisfaction and saying God, God I don't deserve it but it's given to me, I thank you for that I want, in, I want to walk faithfully Lord God towards you thanks living life that tells that Lord I want to live in contentment Lord with what is given, not to expect too much but Lord to be thankful in what is given to me and also a thanks living life is a life that sees good in others and in our circumstances shall we all arise this morning as we close in prayer